Okay. John, can you, Dr. Assist, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I heard that sentence. Yes, I did hear you this there. Okay, well, I'm on my cell phone. So, uh, oh, okay. You wanna, yeah, it sounds you good. Wanna, uh, you want to pray? Yeah, sure. Father God, we just want to thank you. <laughs> we want to thank you, Father, for this, this technology to be able to reach out to people, to have podcasts be heard worldwide and hundreds of different countries, Father God. We we thank you for getting us over the hump on this little interruption that we've had, and we just praise your holy name for that, Lord God. We we know that Jesus said that our not two sparrows sold in the, sold in the, sold for a copper coin, and, and not one of them falls to the ground outside of your will, Father God. And so, obviously, we praise you for the, your will to be done this evening and for bringing us together this evening, and that it can edify uh, the people who listen to the show, that the word can be spread, uh, that you know the word that, that ministers unto the people, that our listeners can be spread to other people that that it can that it can bear fruit father god according to your will again that the father may be glorified in the son lord that you father through your our king jesus are, are, are glorified and we just praise your holy name for that lord we pray that we don't have any more technical difficulties this evening and we just thank you for this opportunity we just give you all the glory and the praise and the honor we just father we just thank you father we thank you for every drink of water we thank you for everybody food, and we thank you most most of all for our awesome King Jesus. Amen. Thank you. So, uh, you want to tell us a little about yourself? Um. Yeah. You sure. Your um, yeah. Sure. Um. Well, praise God. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, a uh, little bit about myself. Um. Wow. So. Um, so anyway, I was uh, I was uh, uh, born and raised in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, um, southern central Pennsylvania, to be exact. Uh, went to Lower Dauphin High School uh, up there. I grew up most of my life in a little town called Hummelstown, right outside of Hershey. Um, and uh, uh, roundabout, uh, we started out, you know, kind of, you know, the the early early family life when I was under the age of, you know, five and such. I was being taken to kind of a little Lutheran church down on Main Street of Hummelstown and around about that time my my mother evidently according to her testimony to me uh she had got involved in uh uh, some occult practices, you know, people tend to dabble and play with Ouija boards and things like that. And she uh, and one of her friends decided they were going to go ahead and get a book of incantations uh, and kind of mess around with that. Well, uh, in doing so, uh, they were uh, they evidently read some of these grimoires or whatever and, and 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 incantations and such, and they were able to successfully move a chair uh, across the kitchen floor which uh, subsequently scared the dickens out of him uh, real bad uh, and uh, horrified him, actually. Um, I believe that's probably the first time my mother saw anything in the supernatural occur. And ironically, uh, the manifestation of the dark side in that case uh, resulted in my mother making a beeline for the first, uh, uh, you know, super Pentecostal, born-again, tongue-speaking, Holy Spirit, uh, divine healing church that she could get her hands on, and uh, which happened to be in Rutherford, uh, downtown, a little little town called Rutherford, Pennsylvania. It was a little bitty uh, converted, uh, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, hardware store, uh, and the name of the church was Grace Chapel. It was standing room only. And uh, it was uh, 
founded by um, a Mennonite, uh, an ex-Mennonite uh, pastor and his wife, um, that were converted to the power of Jesus Christ through the blood of the Lamb, uh, and uh, and you know just completely were full of the power of the Holy Spirit, and and uh, and uh, named Luke and Edna Weaver, and then from there I got kind of was young and got drugged into the church there, uh, you know, because uh, kid little kids don't want to go. And um, but I did then after that. I mean, after I saw you know, because I did not like the little the Lutheran church when I was a kid, of course. And um, but this church was on fire. I could feel the power. I could feel the the Holy Spirit moving. I could see the gifts man, you know, the gift First Corinthians twelve, uh, gifts manifesting all around me, and it was just absolutely astonishing. And the Holy Spirit and the presence and power of the Holy Spirit and and the people and and watching it manifest. I, every single church service was uh, overwhelming for a little kid. And uh, and I probably arguably that one of the turning points and well probably one of the biggest turning points in my life was uh, when I was around about um, nine years old. I'd already been going there uh, for a couple of years at that point, and they had uh, you know very frequent uh, you know sessions or whatnot in the church during various services. It wasn't really scheduled. It was just kind of by the movement of the Holy Spirit, and and they they it was one of those events. That happened, you know, and the, and the, and the elders of the church were all gathered up there and together, and they were they were bringing down the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon people, uh, and it was just absolutely breathtaking the power that was. And I said to my mom, "Can I go? Can I go?" And um and and she's like, "Yeah, go, go, go!" And I ran up. And uh, uh, ran up, and I was like, you know, it just it was just on, it, it was electrical. It was just so amazing the power. And I ran up right into the middle of the these elders that were speaking in tongues and laying hands on on the people, uh, and they were all going out in the spirit. And that happened to me. Then they laid hands on me, and they started speaking in tongues and, laying, and saying the name of Jesus and, and speaking in tongues and bringing down the spirit on me. And all of a sudden, here I am, a nine year old. I go flying back on my. I got. I mean, I literally went flying backwards and they kept their hands on me the whole time um, and then uh, bam I got the, the the baptism of the Holy Spirit started speaking in tongues at the age of nine and I was absolutely it, words can't describe I, the, the the euphoria and the body slamming of the power of God that came upon me at that time was so overwhelming that um, my mother literally had to kind of help me walk to the car uh, after the service was over. She put me in the back seat of the car, and I remember sitting there, kind of staring off, you know, with this like unexplainable supernatural euphoria and peace where I could barely talk. Uh, my mom had to keep me out of school for uh, three days, I recall. And um, that was kind of a turning point. Okay, of course, unfortunately, I slid, I backslid after I got, um, you know, into my 20s. Um, I, I stayed pretty, pretty, pretty good. I really was sought after the Lord for many, many years after that. But then when I got into my 20s, I, I backslid. Um, I did periodically go back and forth to church over the last, you know, or, I don't know, 40, 40 years here and there, um, in and out, in and out, in and out of the church, uh, different churches all, all over the place, and but really living in sin. And then it wasn't until... Uh, and I could see, now looking back in retrospect, I could see that the Lord was working on me uh, Periodically, there were supernatural events here and there throughout my life, throughout that 30 plus years, uh, that I can recall very specifically. I can see, you know, different events that occurred. Uh, that you know, I don't believe in coincidences. Uh, and so, um, you know, when I in 1988, when a friend of mine said to me, "Hey, you know, Ralph Epperson is speaking in St. Petersburg, Florida. Do you want to go?" And I'm like, "Who's Ralph Epperson?" And uh, I didn't know. And then I went to see him. 
with I can't even remember the details. It was so long ago, but uh, I went to see him, and it was uh, he was uh, doing a tour across the United States uh, uh, about a book that he had written called The Unseen Hand and the New World Order, uh, and that was back in '88, and and I was absolutely stupefied. And I, I remember that, and it, 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 it was absolutely, I had, the words can't describe it. I was just like, wow, this is un- unbelievable. And then, um, and then I, I slipped away from it again in the 90s. Life took over. I was young and, and energetic and interested in my career advancement and things like that, got sidetracked. And it wasn't until I realized that 9-11 was an inside job. I sat in my office uh in where I live now, this this same house that I'm in right now. And I sat there and uh uh I don't remember who sent it to me or I don't remember how I even got a hold of it. I was a uh you know marksman in the United States Navy. I I uh was a big believer in guns. I didn't know my Bible at all, thought I did, thought I was a great Christian, didn't know my Bible at all, living in sin. And I got um uh I got a hold of this documentary on YouTube around about 2004 or 5. Now, by then I had already heard of a guy by the name of Alex Jones on InfoWars. Uh, that may have been where I heard about this video, but I, I, it was Architects and Engineers 9-11 Truth with Richard Gage. And I watched a two-hour presentation on a PowerPoint uh, that he had done on that video. And um, I come from a scientific engineering background, so I am very, very comfortable with scientific and technological terms and, uh, and uh, you know, foundational principles. And so when I watched this video, this man being a scientist and an architect, I was flabbergasted because I knew everything he was saying was absolutely the truth. And not to mention that he backed everything up with video evidence and science. Um, uh, and the video evidence was astonishingly impeaching. I mean, it was like there was no question that, that the, the buildings were brought down by controlled ne- demolition. And I was like, oh, so that changed my whole life in the sense that my worldview changed. And, that's, you know, of course, naturally it scared me. And, uh, and it was a wake-up call. And uh, at that point, uh, at that point, I started to, I went, I, I don't want to say I went crazy, but I, I became obsessed. So perhaps that is a form of going crazy, <laughs> but praise God. But anyway, so, uh, you know what I mean? But I, I became absolutely hysterically obsessed with trying to figure out what is going on here because I remembered what I was shown by Ralph Epperson in that, uh, you know, the, the author of The Unseen Hand. I remembered, you know, that the Gulf of Tonkin incident was, uh, was you know, that McNamara came out and came clean and told everybody that there never was a, Ma- a Gulf of Tonkin incident. And we were, uh, you know, a false flag event did bring us into to the Vietnam War. You know, I, I, I realized that it was all true. And then I saw it manifest in, in the World Trade Center uh, demolition and I was like okay and 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 I freaked out and I hit the books and from that point I went into like um, an obsession of research and when I say obsessed few people quite can really relate to that I don't think there's very many people I've never met anybody in my life ever that researched researched anything as intensely as I researched the New World Order and all these 
anomalies of history. I don't know anybody. I've heard, I've read a lot of books. I've heard a lot of people. I, I have a lot of respect for a lot of authors out there, but I don't know anybody that researched it so deep as I as the, I know that I did. Don't know anybody. And what I did was I put a big, a big. I went out and there was a company closing. I went over and took uh, and bought or got a hold of uh, uh, their whiteboards, really large ones. Put one on an easel and got a whole big set of colored markers. And I and I opened up a PowerPoint presentation to keep notes and records in because I was real good with PowerPoint. And I started to research it. I, I, I knew that they, every, all the data was co connected somehow. I knew that when Giuseppe Mazzini received, you know, when the letter was written by Albert Pike to Giuseppe Mazzini in 1877, and where, whereby uh, Pike wrote about the First, Second, and Third World Wars and how they were going to orchestrate them in 1877, before the First War, World War even happened, I knew something was up, but I couldn't put my finger on it. How could this guy in 1877, even though he worshipped Lucifer, Lucifer yeah, it, somehow I, I couldn't connect it, just like the ancient aliens guys and the scientists that are on those shows can't connect it. I was still stuck in that rut. I wasn't seeing it everything being a matter of a ultimately a war between Lucifer and God, in a sense, okay, in a sense. God is in ultimately in control, Book of Job, but I'm just saying it appeared that way. And so that's, right. that's how it broke loose. Um, I went crazy, studied every subject that I could get my hands on that was esoteric, occult. Occult means hidden. Uh, but also, but it also includes uh, research of uh, you know the practices of the dark side um, and all that stuff as well. And I, I did that for years and years to the detriment of my marriage. Six to eight hours an evening after work, thousands of dollars worth of books, DVDs, lectures, videos, cataloged, four hundred and plus slides on a PowerPoint presentation. And the bottom line was. I had so much data that I could not, I couldn't, I couldn't manage it, uh, and I, I, uh, I, I had had to have an outlet for it, and I started the website tribulation-now.com, which is still out there, and then um, later it it, man, it it morphed into tribulation-now.org because uh, of some challenges I had with Google, but in a long, but long story short. Uh, resulting in over 420 articles that were written over uh, since 2009, and many of them have proven to been supernatural in the sense that they have come true. So praise God for that. Thank you, Jesus. And wow. here I am now. Yeah, amazing. It really is. I look back on it. I just can't even believe it. I'm, I'm like, I cry all the time. I cry because I, the Lord let me know. I remember almost. The problem is, until our hearts are properly humbled, and that's the scariest part of it, there are so many pastors and teachers and people who have taken the role of a shepherd, but they don't know how ominous and scary that role can be. They don't appreciate because they don't really understand the gravity of the situation. They think they're just serving God and everything's going to be A-OK. -okay. But it's much, much bigger than that. There are parables where Jesus spoke and he made it very clear, very clear, that, that 
there there's a price to be paid that 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 and and we are the once you cross that line and you go from sheep to shepherd the bar's raised and you're expected not to mess it up and and uh I, and the lord worked with me over years little things like back when i had the website i remember coming into my office at four o'clock in the morning to write an article and at that time i managed a list of several hundred people that were on my email list and um i was very carnal back then still i was still in my early part of my growth and um the lord i could it was like i could almost it was i it was like, I mean, I can't tell you how obvious. I knew it was the Lord speaking to me. I mean, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. It's dark in my office. I walk in my office, and the Lord says to me, You treat my people with respect. And yeah. the hair stood up on the back of my neck. See, he was grooming me for where I was going, and I didn't. Because I didn't get it. There was another time when I went to write, I was going to write an article, uh, bozing, theoretically, uh, a uh, pastor that I thought was a bad guy. And the Lord said, do not. He made it very clear that I must never, ever, write an article or speak negatively about another pastor or teacher or whatever of God that's his job not mine and I was like well I was I'm so grateful now because I could have hammered out you know I could have hammered out a dozen articles on guys that I was highly suspicious of but the Lord told me you do not do that and um, I and and it was just so anyway years and years tons of tears crying bawling made lots of mistakes tripping over my feet I can't even believe that I'm where I am right now, and I, I'm, I fear God, because God is not just love. I just the other day I got an email from, from a man. He's like, I don't understand. I'm a grandfather. Aren't all the children going to go in the rapture? I, I, I just don't. What? Who are the children that are getting their arms and legs cut off in Isaiah 13? Who are they? Isn't God going to take all the children in the rapture? And I had to break it to him. I said, brother, you don't understand our father. Our father is a God of judgment. Our father is a God of envy. Our father is a, our father is a God of wrath. And he is a God of love. He is all of the above. I even have on the whiteboard beside me here in the office, God is not just love. He's all of the above. He's in very many ways like we are. We were made in his image. There's a lot more hidden meaning there than people realize. And, 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 uh, and, but we, who are bringing up as, being brought up as a royal priesthood for the next age, are expected to control our emotions, humble ourselves before God, fear him, and become servants to man around us, and be like Jesus, and love people with you know more than ourselves, our our neighbors you know as ourselves, it's, it's the number two commandment. See, people don't understand. It's not a flat playing field. All the things that we were commanded to do, according to Jesus, were not. It's not level. It isn't. Oh well, he told us to do this, and he told us to do that, and he told us to do this, and he told us to do that, and, so, and all five of those things are on the same. No, it's a hierarchy. That's why the apostles said to Jesus, "Why you know, 
What is the number one command? Jesus said the number one command is love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul. And, the, and what is number, number two is to, to love your neighbor as yourself. And then you go into 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. What does it talk about? It says that everything has to come out of love. Everything. It doesn't right. matter if you have to get the prophecy, get the wisdom. doesn't matter. All of it has to come out of humility. And love, oh, well, love is what it's talking about, but humility is part of that. And I had to learn all those things over years of time, and it was a, it was a sea of tears and fear. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for bringing me to this point. Uh, I'm still nervous about it. Luke 21:36. Pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things that come upon the earth and stand before the Son of Man. He's talking about the Great Tribulation. And um, who does that? Everybody's out there going, hey, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. And people who are rapture believers, they're like, I'm going to get raptured. It's like, if you're living in sin, no, you're not. Because Ephesians 5.27 says that he is coming, he, Jesus, is coming for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. You must be holy and without blemish. <laughs> that's tough that's why First John 3 7 says he who practices righteousness is righteous just as he that's Jesus is righteous and he who sins willfully and habitually is of the devil First John 3 8 you got to practice righteousness you have to it means when you dork it up you fear God you get on your knees and you repent now you don't repent through a vicar you don't repent to Mary you don't repent to some saint you don't do any of that stuff you repent to Jesus Jesus, it has to be directly to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus is the only way, I'm just read Revelation 2 and 3, he is the only possible way that, 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 you know, that you can reach the Father or pray directly to the Father. Jesus is our, our advocate. He is our intercessor. Okay, as a matter of fact, there's a scripture that backs this, and I'll, I'll read it to you real quick. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. Let's, let's review. 1 Timothy 2.5 For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus. That's what it says. Well, there you have it. Amen? So, I mean, and guess what? Church of Thyatira, a lot of, a lot of the people who understand the rapture scriptures, they believe... Chuck Misler is one of them. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Chuck. I think he does a wonderful job. I don't agree with this one saved, always saved belief system, but that's all right. Um, none of us are perfect, right? Um, and certainly not me. But anyway, if you go and look at Revelation Revelation 2, I believe it's 10 or 12. Um, praise God. No, no, it's uh, 18. It takes you to the corrupt church, the church of Thyatira. A lot of the theologians, I hate that word. I don't like that word. A lot of the reasonably decent Bible teachers out there that have a clue, <laughs> um, they, they think that this might be a metaphor for the, for the Catholic Church uh, because it says, uh, it says, nevertheless, I have these things against you because you allow that woman, Jezebel, e.g. Mary, Mary worship, Isis, Diana, that whole thing, the whole tie back to the occult stuff, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat sac things sacrificed to idols. See, that, that's a metaphor for the, for the evil stuff that, anyway, I don't want to get off on picking on them, but it basically says right here, it says, who commit adultery with her. It says, I will cast her, that's the Church of Thyatira, into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her 
how do they do that? Well, they're not praying to Jesus. They're not praying to the Lord. Into great tribulation. Wow, so right there, they're being cast into the great tribulation because they're not seeking Jesus or directly to the Father through Jesus, through their relationship with Jesus. Because, you know, as the Scripture says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men. <laughs> one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Well, there it is. <laughs> Praise God. So, yeah, I had a lot of learning to do. I'll tell you what, it's it's been a, a unbelievable. It, like Andrew Womack, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to shut up now, but like Andrew Womack says, because once I get wound up, anybody who knows me, once I get wound up, and once you pull my string, man, I'm gonna go. Uh, I gotta like stop myself from talking. But Andrew Womack, I love, I love his a lot of his teachings. He says, he goes, um, he goes, uh, um, you can't unscramble eggs, but God can redirect your GPS. <laughs> man, is that true? <laughs> Praise God. Okay, you have a radio show on uh, Block Talk Radio, correct? Uh-huh. Yep, we have a, a Facebook page, a couple of websites, and, and a blog talk radio show. Praise God. Yeah. What's the name of your radio show? Oh, it's uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash tribulation dash now. And I've discovered from just praise you, Jesus, thank you, Father God, thank you, Father God, your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. Thank you, Father God. Um, tribulation, any, anything, pretty much any subject that you want to search on, I've discovered that if you type tribulation space now and the name of that subject, <laughs> you're pretty much going to hit one of our resources. <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, that's how I find, that's how I find, uh, articles, old articles that I've written, because it's actually faster for me to just Google tribulation now, aliens, demons, Nephilim, time travel, or whatever. And it'll pop up stuff, you know. If I if I remember, you know, basically what's in the article, Google helps me find the articles faster than my own website does. Um, but yeah, tribulation dash now is the uh, is the link. Uh, Blogtalkradio.com forward slash tribulation dash now. Praise God. Okay, I'm gonna play a song and then we're gonna come back to you. Okay. I was a blind man, forsaken, abandoned. I begged for alms at the gate by the way. To most men I was someone to be pitied. They'd stop and stare, drop a coin, then walk away As time went by I heard men speak Of one called Jesus I heard the wonders Of all this man could do My heart was longing With pain just to meet him Perhaps this one, even my sight, could renew. And then one day, the street was full of voices, of people yelling, It's these 
Highlander inviting you to be a part of the second reformation happening in the church today. 
On October 31st, 1517, a Catholic priest named Martin Luther nailed 95 points of debate on the church door at Wittenberg, Germany. History now regards his action as the official beginning of the Protestant Reformation. Luther saw some disturbing things in the church of his day. He had a desire to correct the things that had gotten away from biblical moorings. Today, nearly 500 years later, there's another Reformation taking place as significant as the one sparked by Martin Luther, John Calvin, Count Zinzendorf, Zwingli, John Knox, and others. Today, just like the Reformers 500 years ago, we've watched as churches have lost the power to transform lives and Christians have become complacent. We watch as questionable doctrines, ministries, and fundraising techniques become accepted as normal. God is calling His church back to a pure expression of faith and practice, and the man-made stuff has to go. Across the United States and around the world, dedicated Christians have said, Enough! It's time things changed. Perhaps you've heard the call in your heart. Maybe you've been frustrated by church as usual. Have you ever said, There's got to be more to Christianity than this? If so, I invite you to be a part of the reformation that's taking place in our day. This is Dr. Steve Highlander, founder and president of Church in the Third Millennium. C3M Ministries promotes the Second Reformation with information, free resources, and connections around the world. For more information, visit www.c3mministries.com. That's the letter C, the number 3, the letter M, and ministries.com. Don't settle for church as usual. Become a reformer. Visit c3mministries.com for more information. Okay, we're back with uh, Mr. John Baptist tonight. And uh, just a reminder, Monday night, Dr. Steve Highlander will be back. Uh, We tried to do his interview last night and had a whole bunch of technical problems and I thought I got those things situated but I guess I don't so I'm going to have to work on something here but anyway um, we have Mr. John Baptist on tonight and uh, are you back? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Um, we, my kid had a question for you and hopefully you can explain what they are. What is an ET? An ET is any being that does not have its origins uh, on this particular planet. That would include our Heavenly Father. That would include our King Jesus. That would include all of the angels and angelic beings that were created by our Father to work on behalf of the heavenly office of God. That would include all of the beings that exist in all of the different galaxies, dimensions, time-space continuum. Uh, it, would, it, would, it would include virtually anything that wasn't born and didn't have its origin here on this earth. As a matter of fact, uh, Pastor Chuck Misler, uh, uh, in his book, uh, Learn the Bible in 24 Hours, uh, on page 26, uh, refers to how the extraterrestrials corrupt the earth in Genesis 6, verses 1 uh, through uh, 6, ultimately, in Genesis 6, 4, where it says there were Nephilim in the earth in those days, and soon after that, and the sons of God, which is the Benny Ha Elohim, come, in, come down un- into the daughters of men and bore children unto them. Isn't that fascinating? wonder how they did that. 
<laughs> See, nobody wants to ask the tough questions, and that's what I do. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I ask the tough questions, and, um, you know, it's uh, because I want to know. People want to know the truth, and there are souls that are going to hell. Uh, the, the New Age and Lucifer has put together with, with, his, with his current, uh, uh, you know, uh, version, if you will, this, this ultimately the very, very end of the age uh, iteration of the New Age is so utterly... Uh, close to reality in so many ways, uh, they basically just take a whole lot of truth, and anybody out there who knows anything at all about, you know, telling a good lie, and, you know, would know that you want to add as much, you know, Jesus said, that, you know, a little bit of leaven spoils the whole lump. Well, the principle of that concept is that, um, you know, Lucifer knows his Bible uh, better than uh, than any theologian. As a matter of fact, uh, a, a quote here, um, from A.W. Tozer is, the devil is a better theologian than any of us, and he is still a devil. Uh, that's, that's, you know, we need to understand that we're up against a very significant adversary in that case, in, in this particular case. So, so, what we're dealing with here with the current iteration of the New Age movement is a, a whole lot of truth, a whole lot of truth, and a little bit of leaven. And really, here, here's the thing. They can tell as much truth as they want to and just twist a little bitty part of each part of it. If you are successful, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to pick on a bunch of different religions. But if you look at the upper echelon and the oligarchy behind a whole bunch of different religions that are out there that exist, some of them very popular, well-known, worldwide. When you study the oligarchy and the founding fathers, you discover some very disturbing things. They do things like, say, that Jesus is the brother of Lucifer, etc., stuff like that. Well, bottom line is, anytime you demote Jesus, you're going to hell. Simple as that. That's why it says, Scripture says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes unto the Father, that's heaven, right? But how? By me. Right? Amen. So as soon as you demote Jesus to an ascended master and you make him equal to Krishna, Lucifer, uh, to take your pick, whatever entity or being you want to, you want to make him the brother of the Michael Archangel, or the Archangel Michael, you know, you know, guess what? You just demoted God. You demoted God's only begotten son. And at that point, you just took your Willy Wonka golden ticket to heaven and you set it on fire. So that's a real big problem, and so um, the Lord showed me through a very supernatural event that occurred to me. I, I've, I've been very blessed with a lot of them. I don't get dreams and visions. We all get different things according to the, as how God wills. Sometimes I feel gypped because I don't get dreams and visions, but I, I, I know that it's, that's how, where the Lord wants to put me. <laughs> Praise God. And, um, but one thing that did happen to me was uh, I was at work one time back, uh, gosh, it was about, I don't know, four, four years ago, about a handful of years ago, and I was at work. And I was already writing articles, a lot of art, wrote, wrote hundreds of articles by that point, and, and was doing deep, deep, deep dive research on UFOs, aliens, all that kind of stuff, and uh, fallen angels. And um, I uh, was sitting at my desk, and I was researching botnets, because I work in technology, in the technology business. And um, I was researching botnets. And, I, and in the midst of my research, I found a, a, a three-dimensional map of, of the Earth, which it, it basically maps out botnets. And, and uh, you know, all across the Earth shows them, you know, in, in basically uh, 
a 3D model. And, um, and I was looking at my computer screen, and at this time I'm like speaking in tongues, and I'm really trying to walk in the Spirit, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, praise God. All right, and I was, uh, you know, I would get up and I'd, I'd take time away from my desk, I'd go into the, 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 the various places where I could be alone with the Lord, even while I was at work, because um, I wanted to hear His voice. And I was sitting at my desk looking at this 3D model, and you could scroll in and out with your mouse. You know, you could scroll. If you scrolled your mouse one way, you would, you would like, it would be like you were flying into this giant map of these bots, you know. And bot, they're basically little types of viruses on computers all over the world. It's like a map. And I scrolled my mouse all the way in, and I'm, I'm scrolling in this 3D model past thousands and thousands of hosts that are infected with these bots all over the world. In this, and, and, and I scrolled in, scrolled in, scrolled in, scrolled in, scrolled in, and I wanted to see how far it would go. And there in the middle of my screen, when I reached the end, was a computer that was called the Disclosure Project. And I knew that was the Lord telling me that that was a huge part of what he wanted me to focus on. I mean, I felt the Holy Spirit whoosh over me. I knew. And I went I went home and I wrote, you can even read that article if you go to Google and you type in... Um, the botnet coincidence uh, uh, and, and, and the words tribulation now, uh, it'll take you right to that article. B-O-T-N-E-T for anybody who wants to do that. Um, and it even has a picture on the screen. I, I put a picture on the article of the actual uh, botnet 3D model that I, I was scrolling through at the time. So anyway, uh, so what is an ET? The problem that we suffer from is we suffer from a very, very serious lack of understanding. We smash God into a 12-ounce can. We have itty-bitty, teeny-weeny little brains. We're very, very arrogant. We think that we're it, and that's just the way it is. And certainly God couldn't have created any other beings because we have to be it. We are, and let's all beat our chest together, bum, 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 the sons of God. Therefore... We must be it, right? No, that's just not how it works. It's much, much bigger than that. Our Father is much, much more awesome. Our King Jesus, Jesus is way, 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 way more awesome than anybody can ever possibly imagine. Who art man that thou art mindful of him? Amen, praise Jesus. We have to have humility before our God. We are going to be raised up as a royal priesthood uh, for the new age or for the next age. And, and it is a powerful, powerful blessing. And, and God... Uh, what what we have in store for us, words cannot possibly describe. As uh, Pastor um, uh, Howard Storm said on an interview when we had him on our show, uh, uh, and and uh, the name of the show was um, I believe it was Jesus and Life in the Universe with with Howard Storm. I think that was the name of it. Just typed Howard Storm and. But anyway, or you can go to the, the website, uh, tribulation-now.org, and click on, in the black banner section, round about the middle, slightly south of the middle, it says Jesus, there's a link there, Jesus and life in the universe. Howard Storm was basically an, a type of an atheist, in a sense, I don't know the exact details of it, but he died uh, on an operating table or something, and uh, uh, he was taken to hell and heaven. And he was a very, I guess, science-minded guy. And when, when he had the opportunity to sit with Jesus, he, uh, 
he asked them some questions that no one else ever asked them. See, Jesus doesn't tell you stuff unless you ask him a lot of times. That's right. what I discovered. I've studied, you know what I mean? So years and years and years of people, I've studied people that have been taken to heaven and taken to hell. I've studied tons and tons of them. And the funny thing about it is, almost all their stories match, but the Lord shows each one of them something special, something unique, something slightly different. That's how prophecies work. You've got to stitch them all together They're like a giant puzzle. Proverbs 25, uh, 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 verse 2 uh, says, um, uh, um, uh, It is the glory of God to conceal it a matter, and the glory of kings to search it out. So if you really love the Father like you're supposed to, with all your heart, mind, soul, spirit, more than anything, more than your kids, more than your wife, more than anything, because we shouldn't even want to live on this earth. That's a big mistake people make. People think, oh, it's okay to pray for your country. You should pray for your country. No, that is not what the Bible says. If you read the Bible properly, it's clear that you are committing adultery before God by even having that, that notion in your heart. Verse 4 of James chapter 4 says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? So there you have it. Anytime that you put anything in this earth, anything in this earth, above our Heavenly Father, you're dorking it up. You're making a big mistake. And Howard Storm, was show- he sat in front of Jesus and he said to Jesus, what's up with the ETs? And Jesus told him. He, it's an amazing testimony. I highly recommend you listen to the show because we covered even more stuff on the show than you can find on his YouTube videos. But if you want to listen to his YouTube videos, you can go and just type in uh, Howard Storm. Uh, um, uh, uh, well, here, let me just uh, – well, I, I actually just let – me, let me do it right, right – instead of misleading someone, let me, let me see if I can do it right now. Um, Jesus and life in the universe. Let's see if this pulls it up. Praise you, Lord. Yep, Howard Storm on other life in the universe. That's the name of a YouTube video, which he did, and his testimony, and it is absolutely fabulous. And then we covered a lot more material when we had him on the show, but basically, um, Jesus, he, he, he asked Jesus about the, the ETs that are you know, messing around with us here on the earth, and Jesus told him, "Oh, those are, those are interdimensional." So, um, inter what now? Interdimensional. They're they're coming. A lot of them are coming from other dimensions. Now, what what Howard Storm did not ask Jesus, to the best of my understanding, although I I didn't get a chance to talk to him after the radio show again, but I am not aware if if Mr. Storm asked Jesus if. The ETs, the, 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 the life forms that are on in, in the billions of galaxies and parallel universes, and he, he, I don't think Pastor Storm ever asked Jesus if any of the life, extraterrestrial life that comes to the earth. See, it, it's one thing to be told, you know, to, to ask a question in a certain way, what are these beings that we are seeing on the earth, the UFOs, the, the gray aliens. If you ask the question like that, Jesus is going to give you the answer. But if you've got to ask the question correctly, if, that is if you're looking for more information. What I would have asked Jesus is, has an, has an extraterrestrial from another galaxy or another planet or another star system ever come to earth and do they still pass by and occasionally land on earth and then move on? That's what I would have. That's how I would have phrased it, 
Because in my research, I know there's fallen angels. I know what the Nagamati Codex is and how it describes the archons. I know it talks about the, the fallen seraphim, the, 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 which are, the, a seraphim is an angelic being. It's similar to, it's, it's like what, it's, this is, definitions and glossary of terms is absolutely critical. This is the problem that we have. We don't know our definitions. Why is it that every law that was ever written, every scientific paper that was ever written, anything of any stat, any rep, reputation, anything, any document of any scientific value or business value that was ever written is typically going to have a glossary of terms in it. Why? Because you've got to define stuff. And we've never done that. So what happens is, what is a Beniha Elohim? What is the Son of God? Why does it say the sons of God came down unto, into the daughter of men and bore children unto them? What is a Son of God? Why would a Son of God do that? I thought it was a watcher. Enoch calls them watchers. But why are they a watchers? And what were they before they came down to earth? Were they holy watchers? Because in Daniel, it calls them holy watchers. So if you search, if you get your electronic concordance out and you search on holy plus watcher, it pulls up Daniel 4.13 and Daniel 4.23. And I saw a vision in my head while lying on my bed, and there was a watcher, a holy one, that came down from heaven. Wow. Really? So obviously, it came down from heaven, so it was holy and it was watcher. So not all watchers are fallen angels. But if they do something bad and the Lord kicks them out, divorces them from heaven, and, and, and you know curses them, like he did in the book of Enoch, with the 200 original watchers that came down to Mount Hermon, that whole deal, then they're what? Fallen angelic beings. What's an angel? It's a blonde woman with a harp, right? She floats around on a cloud, and she sings songs. Oh, that's an I angel, right? I think so. I don't think so. Exactly. Exactly. Look <laughs> at all the different permutations of angels in the Bible. You've got the two angels that went to Lot's house. Why, why did the, the um, people with questionable intent banging on Lot's door, what were they after? Why did they want to be with the two angels that they saw go into Lot's house? Huh? Because they looked like humans. That's right. They did. But wait a minute. How come they couldn't just flip out their communicator, hail the enterprise, and beam off? Why did they have to strike blindness into them? Why couldn't they just walk through the wall? Wow. That's an important question. Nobody ever asked that. They were trapped. So here are angels and human bodies, flesh bodies. Oh, yea, saith the Lord of hosts. <gasps> What's that mean? Why is it the Lord of hosts? The Lord of hosts. Oh, he must be talking about planets. I don't think so. Host bodies. Host bodies. Yea, saith the Lord of hosts. What is your dog? The host body. What is your cat? The host body. What are the beings in the universe? They are spirits that are inside of a host body. They are a being. In order to interact in a dimension that you are currently in, you need to be able to, to interact with it. So go and look at the angel in Daniel 21. Okay, Daniel 21. You've got uh, uh, the angel that um, during the 20, during the, the fast. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I was, it's not Daniel 21. The 21 day fast. 
All right. Um, uh, and here, let me let me find that real quick. Uh, praise Jesus. Thank you, Father. Okay, Daniel 21 day fast. Praise God for the internet. Daniel 12 and knowledge shall increase. All right. So anyway, um, okay. And uh, once you know, oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Daniel 10. Praise God. All right. So in Daniel 10. When you look at the angel there in the description of what happened, he, he is, listen to this, Daniel 10, verse 5, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man, whoops, okay, but let's take a look, let's, wait, don't, don't jump to conclusions yet, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold and uphaz, his body was like beryl, his face was like the appearance of lightning. His eyes were like torches of fire. His arms and feet were like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words were like a multitude of a voice. You know, what is that? And then you compare that to, to, to Hebrews, where it says, um, uh, uh, where we might unwittingly um, uh, entertain an angel. All right? So what's up with that? Okay, so you just remember what I just read in Daniel 10. Remember that. Remember. Fire. Eyes, bronze, scary. What, what, did, what did Daniel do? He flipped out. He was like, whoa! He flies on the ground straight on his stomach. He puts his hands prostrate on the ground, and he's like, oh, my Lord. He's freaking out. He's afraid for his life. Okay? Now, what does it say in Hebrews 13, too? Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Wow. Well, I don't know about you, but if I was sitting at the, you know, burned steakhouse, you know, waiting for my, uh, you know, mushed peas to come to the table, <laughs> and I'm unwittingly entertaining an angel, he better not have, you know, uh, a face like fire and lightning, because um, pretty much that's going to clear out the whole restaurant. You know what I mean? <laughs> so obviously, obviously, angels take on different manifestations. How many? Do we know everything from the 66-book canon? Oh, no, we don't. Why was the original 1611 King James Bible, why did it have 14 books of the Apocrypha in it that are no longer in that Bible today? Why? Why are there 66 books mentioned in the 66-book canon of the King James Bible today that are not located in the Bible now? Why? Why? Where are they? Ah, they're there. The Lord allowed us to get them over time, and people are learning things. They're, they're being brave, and they're being wise. They're learning to be wise as serpents, and gentle as doves, and they're researching, and they're finding things out. And everybody seems to draw a little line in the sand. Well, I'm going to read the book of Enoch, but I'm not going to read that evil uh, you know, book of, uh, uh, you know, and everybody picks and chooses. Okay, that's fine. I'm not saying not to do that. We have to discern. But I'm just saying that there's more information out there. So, um, you know, as, as uh, Brother Kenneth, who I work with, uh, who, who's, you know, ministry partner of mine on, on the radio show that we do, praise God for his work. It's awesome. Uh, but uh, as he says, everything in the Bible that we have today is true, but not, but not everything that's true is in the Bible, Right? So, amen. So that's why when you do your research, when you do your homework, and you really dig, and you lay out your glossary of terms, if you really, really do your homework, if you are absolutely obsessed with this information, you buy books like I buy, and you study them. 
I have sitting here on my desk right beside me a dictionary of angels including the fallen angels by Gustav Davidson a magnificently informative and endless delight to all seekers of wisdom and pleasure the times of London sky loves the Lord I've got another book over here right behind me on the shelf can't even get this book anymore this was absolutely supernatural in my life that I bought this book for $35 and right now you'd have to pay 400 to 700 uh, in, in the used book market UFOs, aliens, uh, UFOs, aliens, impregnated women, extraterrestrials, and God. Sex with reptilians, aliens, motherhood in the Bible, abductions and hybrids by Maximilian de Lafayette. It's out of print now. But this book has more data. I, I've learned more about references to the hybrid, hybrid creatures that, that the fallen angels created on this earth that our Heavenly Father went out to slaughter. Everybody's like, why is God killing the men, women, and children of the land of Canaan? Because they weren't all from here. They were hybridized. They were unsavable. Jesus is our, is our, is our kinsman redeemer. God was trying to clean up an earth that was utterly polluted. The problem is in Genesis 6-4, it says that they came back after that. And they didn't. See, that's a mystery. Nobody wants to, it's another one of those things that nobody wants to study in the Bible. When you look at Genesis 6-4, what does it say? It says there were giants on the earth in those days. And also afterward. Wait a minute. It's talking about the flood. How did they come back? Right. Well, they didn't. They didn't put on a snorkel mask and grab a hold of the bottom of the uh, a bottom of uh, uh, the ark and ride it out. They had to come from somewhere. And why does the Anunnaki? Why did the Anunnaki, which you, which you get to hear about every single night when you watch, you know, um, uh, ancient aliens? Which, by the way, 99% of the stuff they say is true, except once again, they demote our Heavenly Father and they demote our King Jesus, and they lump them together with all the other quote mythology. The Hinduism stuff and all that. But the one difference that's between uh, Judeo-Christian, you know, the Hebrew uh, Jewish faith and the Christian faith, the one mega, mega, mega telltale sign difference between that and every other religion that ever existed on the face of the earth is there are serpents and dragons amidst all the other religions. The only one that is completely devoid of serpent and dragon worship. It's Christianity and, and Judaism. All right? Why is that? Well, there you go. Here's your answer. These fallen angels, the ones, the ones that these uh, archon entity beings that are referred to in the Nagamati codices and, and various other uh, extra-biblical books, we'll just refer to them as that. These beings, um, they are fallen angelic. And, and in this book that I just mentioned that's real expensive, that's out of print, it, it talks about dozens of different classes, classes, not specific individual you know, species, but different classes and groups of them all throughout of it. And you would not believe what this... It's, it's impossible. It's impossible. For example, let me just give you an example. This guy doesn't even believe in God. Okay, This guy who wrote this book does not believe in Jesus. He may, he may be like the New Agers and believe in a creator source God, like there's this unknowable, you know, Kabbalistic uh, energy source out there known as God, like, like the New Age try to paint him out, the creator, the source. But that's, that's, that's poppycock. That's boulderdash. That's absolute ridiculous. Who is God that, that thou art mindful of him? Okay, we, as Pastor Howard Storm very 
clearly elucidated, uh, we are very, very special. It says, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10 says, But you, that's us, are a chosen generation. Wow, chosen generation? Really? So when you put everything into perspective, and you realize that there are billions of galaxies, arguably at least 11 different dimensions that, that are measurable through science, through string theory and quantum physics, right? And then... Never mind the, the, the parallel universes and multiple dimensions that Jesus told Pastor Storm about. Right? Okay. When you realize that there's life out there, Pastor Odin Hetrick, who was taken to heaven 80 times, 80 times, at odinhetrick.com, O-D-E-N-H-E-T-R-I-C-K.com. You can go read his book for free. When he was in heaven, he was eating a dinner like a little dinner party in one of the mansions with Jesus. And he said, I heard music. I heard music and I didn't know where it was coming from. It was the most glorious music. And he looked to see where it was coming from and he saw these, and I do quote, little beings playing the music. Wow. So when you put it all in perspective and you look at First Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation. Wow. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who have obtained mercy and now have obtained. Now, when you, now you look at that verse and you say, you put it in perspective, across billions of galaxies, parallel universes, multiple dimensions, and it says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ for all of eternity. Forget the new millennium. Not everybody's going to the new millennium. Okay, not everybody's going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Not everybody's going to make the rapture. Only the wiser are going And there's a price to be paid for serving the Lord. And there's rewards. And it's hierarchical. Praise God. All right, so we all need to be getting out there and being the evangelist. This is, you know, we need to be out there witnessing to people and serving God. If you play a violin, go play a violin at church. You know, if you dance, then go dance. Find a church that's full of the Holy Spirit and dance before the Lord with all your heart like King David did. Serve God in some way, in whatever way that you possibly can. Go to Tribulation now. Print out a, some of the rapture is imminent flyers and put them in a, a bunch of uh, 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 laundromats. Stick them around. Try, do something. James one twenty two says, uh, uh, Be ye doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. Deceiving yourself. Wow, that's pretty scary when you think about it. So we're supposed to be out there doing stuff. And now's the time. There's more stuff to excite people and to, and to open up the... Think about it. What person do you know, eh, minus probably some people in your church, if you have a church, <laughs> but where... Where can you go? What Walmart line can you stand in and ask somebody about aliens that doesn't spark interest? It is arguably the single most in interesting subject for mankind. Even the Vatican is talking about it. Not that that really means anything. That's kind of sinister and surreptitious. But never, nevertheless, everybody talks about it. As a matter of fact, the, the unrighteous people on, on the various talk shows are constantly pointing to the ancient aliens, which by far has, it has the greatest ratings in the history of all documentary series ever in the history of mankind. 
greatest ratings of all. They can't come out with enough seasons. They're going to like make Seinfeld look like it was a flop. <laughs> and look, you know what I'm saying? And guess yeah. what? Now you can get out there and witness to people because you can tell people there's some crazy guy named John the Baptist, <laughs> and that's that's a pen name, by the way, because, you know, you can't have a real job and talk about aliens. Praise God. But you know what I'm saying? Now is a great time to get out there. And, you know, we even I even give away a free business cards i um and you can see what they look like at the website uh, tribulation-now.org at the top uh there's a link in the black banner section that says business cards for witnessing and on the back of it it says uh, uh hell is coming to the earth repent now and escape planet x mega quakes nuclear war martial law new world order fema camps guillotines ufos alien demons fallen angels mayan star gods and you you know you, you will be the life of the party <laughs> if you hand out a couple of these cards. <laughs> You'll have people walking across the room to talk to you. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Oh, and I, and I wanted to mention to you, Kenneth, listen to this. So out of this book that I was telling you about, about the uh, various alien species, and this guy is not even a believer, the Lafayette. He basically just researches stuff interviews people, abductees over decades of time and data, and then he writes books about it. Okay. He's like a middleman. Page 78. This is mind-blowing. Just so you know, for anybody who wants to research this, you can go to YouTube.com and type in The Friendship Case. The Friendship Case. Okay? And you will find a story from, I don't know, back in the 50s or something, where a group of Italian men met up with these little humans that were some kind of an ET. They had supernatural powers, and they became friends with them. And these little humans, you know, short little, like four-foot-tall, properly proportioned humans um, that could do all kinds of supernatural stuff, were asking them to get, get, give them materials, truckloads of barium, strontium, Things like that. And that's what's in the chemtrails, which I find absolutely, unbelievably fantastic. What were these diminutive humans doing in the 50s, palling up with these Italians and getting truckloads of barium and strontium? And then we find out today when we analyze the chemtrails that barium and strontium are two of the most critical ingredients in them. Other ones as well. But anyway, I found that fascinating. But here, then I'm reading this book. God doesn't even believe in Jesus. And he's describing a, a species or category, if you will, of, quote, aliens, right? And it says dwarfin, that's what they call these ones. Quote, diminutive, diminutive humans who have allegedly been encountered in or near caverns or various parts of the world, in some cases on UFOs, although most dwarfin sightings are in, con in connection with UFOs are actually, sorry, in greys. He's talking about the greys, you know, like Paul. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, these should not be confused. I'm talking about the movie Paul, not the Apostle Paul, for those of who are easily <laughs> distracted. But anyway, these should not be confused with the small elementals or nature spirits, which some believe are etheric in nature, yet have the ability to appear solid or semi-solid. He's talking about the orbs and other things. But listen to this. This is where I broke out my highlighter. Listen to this. Speaking of the dwarfin beings. 
Some of these were apparently involved in the original rebellion of the angelics against the Creator after being deceived and misled by the former archangel-turned-egocentric tyrant, Lucifer. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This guy doesn't even believe in God. He takes testimonies from people, thousands of them evidently, over a long period of time, and he researches it, and then he builds out this book with referring to all these different types of beings, extraterrestrials, and here is the description of the dwarfin. I'm like, are you kidding me? See, it's so much bigger than we can possibly imagine. Our, our, we just... We just can't get our minds around it. Listen to this. That if these are the demon-human hybrid, alien, fallen, angelic... Think about this. Why does the Bible refer to... Okay, type in, type in your electronic concordance. A-N-U-K. Let's see if I get a hit on this. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, here, I'll do, it. I'll do it over Google. Sons of Anak. Uh, Bible. Enter... Okay, praise God. Okay, yeah, why can't I? I should have remembered that one. That's an easy one to remember. Numbers 1333. Numbers 1333. Let's take a look. 1333. Okay, listen to this. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. Oh, yeah, that's why, because, I, because the Bible spells it A-N-A-K. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. Okay, now this is a play on terminology because that's hard to explain. But basically, the different um, languages describe yeah, like if you like if you study Ezekiel and you learn about Gog and Magog and, and Persia, it's really referring to Iran. So it's different names for different things. But what this is referring to here is that these it's referring to the Anunnaki ultimately. And you would have the guys on Ancient Aliens go, look, see, it's just like what we said. The Anunnaki are the creators of mankind. No, they're not. You don't get it. You got it messed up. Adam and Eve were injected into an earth teeming with life. The, 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 the man and woman being that is referred to in Genesis 1 is not Adam and Eve. The days are not 24-hour days. They are... They are, um, it's, it, the word is uh, yam, the Hebrew word yam, Y-A-M, and it means generations. And you're like, no, that's blasphemy. Oh, really? Let's take a look and see what the Bible says. Genesis 2-4 should have been the end of Genesis 1, and it says, and the better translation in this case is the King James Instead of the New King James, I go back and forth between the two of them. These are the generations, that's plural by the way, plural, yep. of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the yom that the Lord God made the heavens and the earth. Not the day, the 24-hour day, it's the yom. See, this is why there are Neanderthal skeletons that are 300,000 years old. Carbon dating doesn't lie. Some of them are a little less trustworthy, and some of the techniques are a little less trustworthy, but nevertheless... The, the Neanderthals—they are three hundred thousand years old. They are—they—they hum- they are man and woman-like creatures. 
the, the 40,000 year old petroglyphs uh, above, you know, uh, at the tippity top of the Andes Mountains that these, these uh, scientists are finding that show a man and, and you know, men running around with spears and, dino, you know, side by side with dinosaurs. Hello? Why would they do that? Why are there spacecraft uh, imprinted on the on the clay cylinders of the Sumerians from you know 2500 BC, 3000 BC, 4000 BC, arguably? Why? Well, I'm sure they were sitting around the campfire going, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh man, hey, 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 yeah, 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 okay, okay, pass me some some of that Sumerian ale, yeah, yeah, okay. So let's go ahead and make these clay cylinders, okay, and we're gonna put you know. UFOs on them and trick those boneheads in the 21st century. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. They put, just like the guys in Ancient Aliens said, they put what they saw. They put what they saw on those cylinders. They saw spacecraft. No one's trying to trick anybody. <laughs> Although, depending on who you listen to, it sure sounds like. And 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 again, think about it. All they gotta do is take Jesus out, demote Jesus. Mission yeah. accomplished. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> sure. It opens up hey. a lot of questions, doesn't it? I love this subject. This is the most exciting. I man, you know, think about all the people you can witness to now. Think about the atheists. Think about the the uh, uh, the uh, um, uh, uh, intelligent um, creation people. You know, it's just amazing. Now, all these folks out there that are scientifically, I had one day. I had this is another one of those supernatural experiences that occurs. It makes you go. No way. When you look back on it, you know. And I was sitting uh, on, a, on a picnic table outside of a restaurant, uh, relaxing, kicking back, and one of the guys who was a regular there comes over and he sits down and kind of flops back on the table across from me. And he says, you know, oh, and by the way, this was right after Fox News came out. Uh, it was Fox, CNN, BBC. It was all over the news. The Xinjiang airport in China got shut down for four hours a couple of years ago by a, quote, UFO. And it made, you know, mainstream media. And um, uh, this guy flops down across the table from me, and he looks at me, because he knew, he knew what I did. And he said, you know, I can believe in them, they're aliens, better than I can believe in your Jesus. Now see back then I didn't back then I didn't know what I know now and I just about killed him. <laughs> but you know that was because I didn't understand it. We are sheep led to the slaughter. I you know I didn't understand it. We're supposed to be absolute mirror images of our humble uh, awesome and mighty and powerful King Jesus. You know, I didn't understand that the references to the sword in the Bible were all metaphors, uh, metaphors that were associated with uh, uh, behaviors and, and, and various things that didn't have anything to do with violence. I didn't know those things back then. So I thought it was okay for me to break out a cat of nine tails and beat the heck out of him, but I didn't do that. That was pretty mad. You know, I was pretty mad at him, let's put it that oh, way. So you, wanted to get, so you wanted to get into the flesh a little, right? Oh, yeah, well, I wanted to take him and kick his butt right out into the parking lot is what I wanted to do. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, and so um, so this book, so get this. So here's another page out of this book that will blow your mind. Um, listen to this. So I didn't know this. Uh, you know, I mean, I kind of knew it, you know, studying some other material, but this book just comes right out and just does it so eloquently. Uh, it, it hits, it just nails it. So listen, so these are the demon-human hybrid alien fallen angelic beings that our father, that are all over uh, uh, the Old Testament, okay, arguably the land of Canaan, okay? So you've got um, the descendants of the demon-human hybrid fallen angelic beings, entities. The children of Canaan were Sidon, Canaan's firstborn, and Heth. From there, further descendants of the demon-human hybrid Canaan were the, get this, Jebusites, Amorites, Gergesites, Hivites, Archites, Sinites, Arvidites, Zemorites, and Hamathites. And then Kenneth, Kenneth goes on and said, he tracked them all to the sons of Belial, which actually infiltrated into the, uh, 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 into the, the camp of, of uh, the Hebrews, in, in, into the camp of Israel um, at a later time. So the sons of Belial, are, are, they track back all the way back to the, this, this, this bloodline tracks all the way back into Atlantis even. Um, so it's, re, it's, really pretty, uh, it's really a fascinating study. But when you, when you realize that Genesis 1... See, it took me a lot. I had to prove it because a lot of the a lot of the interpretations of Genesis one say that the man and woman and the and the creature and the creatures had a living soul. So it uses the word living soul in Genesis one, depending on your translation. And I'm here to tell you that is not correct. The words living soul do not exist in the Septuagint. It's not there. So there there's no reference to any. Any entity or being in Genesis 1 having a living soul. Okay, and when it says, let us create them in our image, get this. This is awesome. So Howard Storm's talking about, and he, and he says, he says that there, Jesus told him that there were, and he was, Jesus actually showed Howard some of the different beings and, and, and species of, of aliens that are out there in the universe. Showed him. And he showed him the uh, what he was talking about what about what they do, different things, characteristics about them. Okay. And he pointed to one of them. He was talking about this one particular race of beings, and he said that this particular race has the ability to create. To create, in this case, I think he was talking about creating plants or whatever, but to create. And I'm like, whoa! I'll be a monkey's uncle. Because I, I very hesitantly struggled with this. Because it's just like, see, the thing is, it says in uh, Isaiah 56, it says, I, the Lord God, plant the heavens. I plant the heavens. Does that, did, did our Heavenly Father, like, fly around in Ezekiel's wheel to, like, every single planet in all of the universes and parallel dimensions and all that, and just, like, you know, and say, okay, uh, panspermia, uh, here's a whole bunch. No, but he has creator beings. He has other beings. See, why does it say in right. Psalms 82? You know what I'm saying? He has, okay, so, and you might say, no, the Bible says I have created all things and through him uh, they were and are created. Yes, amen. Through him, by him and through him they are and were created. All things were created through the Lord God, through our, our, the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, who was here since the very beginning. John 1, 1 through uh, f- uh, 5. Okay, the Gospel of John, verses one, uh, chapter one, one through five. Read it. Okay, uh, the, uh, you know, but anyway, Jesus is God. He's just a human, understandable version of our heavenly Father. And how awesome is that? So 
there are classes of beings all throughout the universe. So what is a son of God? A son of God is a class of being which is created by, directly, directly by our Heavenly Father to work on behalf of the heavenly office of God. It includes Lucifer, all the angels, all the different classes of angels. By the way, our, our Bible doesn't even touch on it. You should see how thick this book, A Dictionary of Angels, is. This is hundreds of pages long. Right. It's amazing how many kinds there are. So it's way more than what we know and, um, uh, you know, from the Bible. And um, it's amazing. So a son of God is, by definition, any class of being that is created by our Heavenly Father to work on behalf of the heavenly office of God. That is a son of God. A son of God. A son. A direct son. God created that being. So uh, Michael is a son of God. The archangel Michael. All the archangels. All the cherubim. All the seraphim. All of them are sons of God. Lucifer was a son of God before he fell. All right? We are going to be raised up as a new generation. See? Okay? We're becoming sons of God. We will manifest. The, the, all of creation is looking forward to seeing you know, us, you know, the manifestation of the sons of God. Okay? So we are technically sons of God. In the, we're being raised up as ultimately sons of God. That's where we will, when we, when we trade in this body for our light being body. Isn't it fascinating that the new age calls themselves light workers? But our Heavenly Father yeah. is Yahweh El, the God of Gods, the Father of Lights. Lucifer stole everything from the Father, and he manipulated and twisted it. We are the light beings. Uh, just the other day, I watched the... Uh, the, the and uh, remember, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground outside of the Father's will. Everybody wants to give credit to Lucifer, but they never consider the divine providence of our Heavenly Father. Ever. So, if, oh, everything that comes out of Hollywood is evil. No, it's not. A lot of that stuff is prophetic. As a matter of fact, I was watching Revelation Road, which is a, done by a Christian, you know, director and such. Yeah. But Revelation Road, and in there they have a scene of the rapture in there. Right. And, um, and, and, yeah, and, and what, it, what happens? They, they they get glory light on them. They get they, they get really bright, brilliant white light. They all start to shine glory light, and then they convert into a, a white, it looks like a white shining light, and then they raise up into the sky as lights. And I'm like, amen. I have visions, I track visions, dreams, I, I track visions, dreams, testimonies. Now, again, when, when we move on to that level of glory, and there's different levels of glory in heaven, too. For, you know, we're right. not going to live. You and me aren't going to live on the same street as the Apostle Paul. I'll tell you that right now. We're going to have to go a long way to go visit Paul and hang out and cook, you know, whatever we're going to cook. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're not, you know, we don't merit that level of honor in, in the kingdom of heaven, praise God. But, you know, um, and, and I actually know people that if I brought them on the radio, they'd be like, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, whatever, man. Whatever. But um, but you know what I'm saying? That there's different levels of glory. Uh, when Pastor uh, uh, Jesse Duplantis went to heaven, he 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 got uh, he had to eat all this fruit in order to be able to even be able to walk into the temple where God was. And and it's like it's like up on a mesa. See, the, the level of heaven that's in this dimension. 
is like a gigantic planet. I believe it's in the Bear Nebula, Bear Nebula, I think. The only reason I think that is because, according to science, that is where it's the birthing place of all of the stars in our galaxy, or something like that. I read that once, but it's a, it's a it's a hypothesis. But but anyway, it, it's it, heaven is a humongous, huge place, and 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 the, so you got the kingdom of God. A lot of people don't know this: kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Okay, it's. But it's all on the same planet. You know, it's just different parts of it. Kingdom of God is, I believe, and this is what I believe, based on my research. Because I didn't just research aliens. I researched testimonies of people taken to heaven, um, you know, all that stuff. Everything I could get my hands on. Uh, Angelica Zambrano's uh, testimony, Prepare to Meet Your God, where an eight-year-old boy was cast into hell by the father for back-talking his parents and getting hit by a car because he was playing, he was, he was, I guess, I don't know all the bad stuff that he did, but she was freaking out. She couldn't believe it. But it's true. I mean, so her testimony is absolutely amazing. So, again, when you look at Jesse Duplantis' testimony, he had to eat lots of special fruit. It was weird. From this tree, it was very magical, like, you know, wow, you know, supernatural. People don't like you to use the word magical, but I still, it's like, wow, you know, like a, like a fairy tale. And, and he ate all this different fruit and he, and he, in order to even be able to walk inside the temple and be in God's presence. He had to do that. It gave him some kind of an ability that he otherwise would have died or something if he had gone in there. And it's just it's fascinating. It all has to do with, and you're like, well, where is that in the Bible? Well, I'll tell you where it is in the Bible. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Never mind that our Father is referred to as the Father of Lights. So you just go, you just go Father, in your electronic Bible, Lights, right? Searching the New Testament for this one. All right. Praise God. I just love this. Listen to this. James. I love James. The book of James. I love every book. James is awesome. All right. Praise God. Listen to this. James 1, verse 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. I love that. That's so awesome. And then we get our glory light, just like in the movie Revelation Road. Go to Isaiah Isaiah 60. I believe that Isaiah 60 forward yeah. is actually Isaiah's visions about the new millennium and what happens uh, right prior to the three days of darkness. The three days of darkness is going to happen. That coincides. I didn't believe in it. I was like, oh, that's one of those wacky Catholic prophecies. I was... You know, I had a lot to learn. And um, listen to this. Arise, this is Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Light upon you. Light, glory upon you. You. When Jesse Duplantis came back from heaven, he had to speak in an auditorium full of people that night. And when he was walking down the, the aisle to get to the podium, people were freaking out. He still, had, he, he, still, he still had the glory light on him. And his face was yeah. shining like Moses when he came down you know, from, from, with the tablets and stuff. So, so anyway, um, for behold, this is verse 2, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. That's the three days of darkness. The only reason we know it's three days is because of the prophets. And there's lots and lots and lots and lots of prophets and prophecies out there that talk about it being three days. But, but guess what? The Old Testament 
So guess what? The New Testament is the Old Testament concealed, and the Old Testament is the New Testament revealed. How many days of darkness did Egypt have to go through? Three. Right? When does it happen? Well, it says. We know when it happens. It happens in the sixth seal. So you go to Revelation 6, verse 12 through 17. And I looked in the opening mm-hmm. seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. I've had people go, there's no such thing as three days of darkness anywhere in the Bible. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's not three days, maybe it's 2.5 days, but let me tell you what, when the sun becomes black as sackcloth of hair, it's doggone dark out there, let me tell you. <laughs> you want to fight about hey, it, got... talk to the Bible. Right. Hey, we've got about six minutes left. Would you mind giving a salvational message real quick and prayer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yeah, so, salvational message. You know what, folks? This Here's my message. We live in an extremely confusing world, and there is only one truth, and that truth is Jesus Christ. And that is so... Jesus is more than just a human understandable manifestation of our Heavenly Father God. He is more than we could imagine in our wildest dreams. When you look at the Gospel of John, it says stuff that we can't even understand. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, that's Jesus, and the Word was God, that's Jesus. He, Jesus, was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, that's Jesus, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And in Him was life, and life was the light of men, and light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That's all about Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes unto the Father but by Him. Yeshua, our Savior, Hamashiach, Jesus, our King, our friend, our advocate. He loves us. There is no pit that you can fall in so deep that Jesus' love is not deeper. He wants to bring you home. And life on this earth very, very short and very, very ugly in comparison to the awesome eternity that our King has laid up for us. And it's not just about heaven, folks. It's bigger than that because eternity is a very, very long time. Dear Heavenly Father, we just praise your holy name. We thank you for, le- for fixing the technology, Lord, for bringing us together, for giving us this opportunity to share in this exciting stuff. Lord God, how awesome are you? Praise your holy name, Lord God. Place it on people's hearts to spread the news, to send this, this radio show out to people so that they can be blessed, so that people who don't understand the awesomeness of your Son can come to that truth and find eternity with you, Heavenly Father God, we pray in Jesus' name, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Amen. Amen. Well, I thank you for sharing with us tonight, and hopefully we can get back together when I don't have so many technical difficulties. And... uh, (laughs) <laughs> I, you know. I sympathize because it happens to us all the time. <laughs> and then one time I had a very famous guy come on the radio, and I had so many people from all over the world, and they were waiting for him to come on, and he never showed up. I was like, what am oh I going to do? Oh, it was awful. It was awful. I was like, I had to like just like make stuff up for, 20, for two hours. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, man. It, 
it was good stuff, but it's an awful position to be placed in. <laughs> so yeah. it happens, you know. Technology blows up. Praise God. <laughs> well, it, uh, I'm new at this, too, so it's, you know, I just trying to figure everything out. And uh, But it has been a good night. And I thank oh, praise you very God. Much I kept on... I was praying. I, I, I'm excited. As a matter of fact, if you can get me uh, a, if you, if you can download and send me a, an MP3 uh, of this show or whatever, or I can come back or whatever. Just tag me when it's ready. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let people know about it because I think it, I think it, it was, I think it was fun. I think it was real fun, and I think people would, would enjoy uh, listening to <laughs> my crazy ranting. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you never know, right? Praise it. Jesus. Yeah, you know, I just, I, I started this out, I'll be honest with you, um, a couple of months ago, well, last November, the Lord started opening some doors, but we didn't have transportation at the time, and people were starting to ask me to do Bible studies, and so I started doing Bible studies here on the, on the thing, and, uh, some are pretty deep and some aren't so deep, but that's okay. Uh, but anyway, we've, uh, but that's the reason I started was to do a Bible study. And then I, I got a phone call from, um, the UK, wanted to know about, uh, how can I believe that? And how can you not believe in UFOs? And, and I was dumbfounded. So I wanted to get you on. Because I knew that I'd listened to you before talk about it, and uh, and I've been on the website a couple of times. <laughs> you should That's have seen crazy. me. I threw the first time I started looking at UFOs as a possible tangible piece of the puzzle. I I got a book of the last set of quatrains from Nostradamus, and he was talking about UFOs. And I remember taking the book and throwing it across the room. I'm like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but it's a major part of the mystery of the Bible. It's very exciting. Right. Well, I listened to I listened to other people talk about it. Um, I used to listen to Art Bell when he was on at night yeah. on the radio. And it always, I have a fascination with it, but I've never seen a UFO that I know of. Okay. Oh, or an alien yeah, my mom, that I know my of. mom did. Yeah, I, I, my mom yeah. said she saw a flying saucer over her head. You know, I never saw one. I, you know, I, but, but I heard so many testimonies. It's, it's undeniable. Plus the videos and the testimonies and the videos and the and the archaeological, the forbidden archaeology. Right. Come on. They just discovered 300,000 ton granite rocks in Russia. Excuse me? Hey, anybody out there that says it was the giants or the Nephilim that were pushing around the 150-ton rocks in Pumapunku, Bolivia, guess what? Ain't have to hit the buzzer. You know what? 300,000 tons. There ain't no I, – I don't care. You get yourself a 1,000 Nephilim, and they are not going to be able to push a 300,000-ton rock, let alone cut it. Yeah. It was alien technology. I think it was spaceships, tractor beams. Look – Gene Roddenberry met with a woman named uh, uh, Frances uh, Schlemmer. She she was channeling these things that the aliens. I mean, where do you think he got all the ideas for Star Trek? He didn't, he, he wasn't right. that brilliant. He got the information from the fallen angels. Well, do you know uh, 
I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, talking about Star Trek, uh, you know the Vulcan blessing. I don't know it off there? the top of my head. Yeah. Oh, well, Can you, you know the sign. Yeah. Yeah. You know the sign. Yeah, live long and prosper. The sign, all that. Yeah, the sign is actually a Hebrew blessing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But, but you know, but you know, they had to throw in a little bit for the devil there because he kind of looks a little bit like Lucifer, Mister Spock. <laughs> I mean, come on, man! The whole pointed ears <laughs> thing. Come on, man! You know? well, well, they're telling me that we don't have much time left, so I'm going to end the show. And I think. I want to believe that we are going to be out of here uh, very, very soon. I want to believe that all heck is going to break loose any time now, and we're going to roll right into the uh, third seal that the, that the global financial collapse is going to hit, that all heck is going to break loose across the earth, and that our time here on this earth is extremely limited. We go right into the sixth seal, the three days of darkness, the harvest, and we're out of here. Praise Jesus. I want to get off this alien demon-infested rock. I want to be with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want to do it more than anything in my entire life. I'm absolutely obsessed with the kingdom, and I'm obsessed with Jesus Christ, my king. Praise God, and I hope that all of you are too. We should be excited about this, and that's what we're doing here tonight. Praise God. We're here to talk about these scary things because these scary things have an outcome. And that outcome is what every person who's a member of the bride of Jesus Christ should be looking forward to more than your next breath of air. Jehovah Jireh, you
Pray.